Hello and welcome to another episode of the Green Machine Tournament Series. I'm David, your host, joined as always by Nick. And I'm happy to say we have to listen to you, Nick, about your 2002 nonsense going on. Uh, where This is the big boy stuff. This is Euro 88, Ireland's first European Championship of the modern era, shall we say. And what a time to be alive, which you weren't. I'm very hurt, David. Nonsense. I mean, <sighs> we, we'd Saipan, we'd drama, we, we'd everything in 2002. Yeah. Nonsense. Uh, All that nonsense. Who coined that phrase? The man who didn't bother Zara showing up to 2002. Exactly, exactly. But look, another episode that I wasn't born for. I mean, I know. I, I, I know about Euro 88. Um. You know, it's 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 another kind of mythological uh, football tournament for me, really. But this is another bedtime story for me, really, Dave, isn't it? This is this is your baby. Now, it's a fascinating tournament. It's our it's our first major tournament, but we did establish a couple of weeks ago that it's not um, technically not our first appearance in the European Championships. Debatable, mm. debatable, or, or what do you reckon? Well, of the modern era, it's of the modern concept, shall we say, like the yeah. whole thing of having to qualify and then you go off and play in the tournament with the group stages from scratch. Basically, well, we, have, we have to claim these things, though, Dave. A quarterfinal appearance in the Euros, we have to claim these things. Yeah, yeah. Although we weren't too far from a semi-final appearance at this one, um, oh. which I, I, and and also uh, there's a few little sort of things that I want to get out there you know there's always this accepted sort of side of stories and these these little things that you hear and they're even repeated today they really annoy me and i really want to get into uh want to want to want to cast those aspersions away are you gonna well. are you gonna spread a few rumors like i did about the the blue jersey in 2002 yeah well we don't need john courtney the sure police to uh get rid of those ones um <clears throat> The, the, there's no rumor in innuendo here, Nick. I'm in charge of this one, so it's going to be just <laughs> pure fact. None of your non, none of your other nonsense. 2002, it's all nonsense. Every bit of it. This is the real deal. This is big boy shit right here, right now. So let's get into it. Ireland, of course, qualified for your way, your by winning the group with Bulgaria, Scotland, Luxembourg, and they finished top. And it did take a last, well, not a last minute, but a late goal by Mr. Gary McConaughey uh, in Sofia. Ireland, were waiting. Ireland actually didn't think they were going to do it, you know. And Jack himself, he uh, he didn't realise Ireland had qualified. Yeah. He was actually didn't, didn't watch the game, didn't he? No. Well, he was watching it, but he didn't realise he was watching a recording. <laughs> and he got a phone call from a uh, from a member of the press. Said, "Oh yeah, congratulations, Jack." I was like, "What?" Goes Scotland won. Oh, I'm watching it still the first half. No, nope, that's, that's recording. It is actually, it's over. And you've done it. And of course, that was it. Yeah. Ireland, Ireland's first major tournament of the modern era. He's um, something of a cult hero, Gary Mackay, isn't he? He is. He'll never have to pay for a drink ever again. I mean, in Ireland anyway. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a good, it was a strange qualifying campaign. It, it was very up and down to... Sorry, Belgium was the other team as well. God almighty, I'm tired. Jesus, Dave. Uh, I know. Belgium had finished third in the previous World Cup, Mexico 86, and we had played 
uh, them and first came in Heisel not too long after, a literally a year after the Heisel disaster. And we got a 2-2 draw there. Um, then we had a nil-nil draw with Scotland at home. And then we had a nil-nil draw at home with Belgium. Almost lost to Luxembourg at home, which is amazing. Very, very unspectacular against Lux- Luxembourg at home. 2-1 win. McGrath and, oh, I can't remember the other. I think Stapleton got the other goal. And we got 2-0. Ronnie Whelan with his first ever goal away. Uh, sorry, first ever goal for Ireland. And Tony Galvin, actually. His only goal for Ireland in a 2-0 away. Uh, we lost to Bulgaria away from home, but that was blamed on Mark Lawrenson having um suffered his what would be eventually his career ending yeah. injury against uh, Wimbledon for Liverpool in I think it was February 87. Yeah. It's it's, I, it's it's mad that qualification campaign because you, you mentioned yeah. Lawrence and Liam Brady scored a didn't he score a last minute goal in, in one of the games? Uh yes against Belgium. Belgium yeah, away that, uh, that must penalty. Be it, yeah. So like if Lawrence and Brady playing those qualifiers they never played in the finals. Yeah and Jim Beglin as well. Um yeah, your pal yeah, my, my pal, and <laughs> haven't got the, the letter yet from the court order, but I'm sure it's there somewhere. Yeah, uh, you know, and all these great players and great team, and it's just amazing and very sad, actually, that Jim Beglin, um, Mark Lawrence, and Lee Brady, as you said, just never played. And the reason for that was, well, actually, Lee Brady, in so we lost to Bulgaria away uh, 2-1, uh, which was the highlights are there um, on YouTube if you want to catch them out. Um, but we did beat them 2 0 in the home leg in the home game, and Liam Brady uh, got sent off in that for decking one of the Bulgarian players, like actually smacked him. And it's so funny, it's if you ever see the footage where Jack, you know, Liam Brady, first of all, you know, does the whole oof, you know, the uh, the, the up yours gesture, the the continental style, you know, not, not the middle <laughs> finger, but you know, the fist and, and the other yeah, yeah. sort of arm. Yeah, uh, going over the other, you know, one arm overlapping the other in the, in the sort of up yours fist. Um, as the guy's on the ground, probably looking for the light switch, Jack goes on, arm around the shoulder, big smile on his face, and George Hamilton, you know, and Jack must be delighted with his man. <laughs> for like, what, you you need know, to bring that, you need to bring that stuff back, don't you? You really do, and well, as Graham Cena says, well, it was a proper man's game, you had all that. Go- <laughs> Well, you know, amongst the men, it was a proper man's game uh, back then. No messing about. Although he did get sent off. Uh, he was you're, spectacular You're, you're going to get cancelled, Dave. I already am cancelled, mate. Yeah, that's I true. never even got going. And then you had, <laughs> and then you had the, uh, um, the game in Scotland, obviously, Mark Lawrenson uh, getting the goal there. Uh, he said he, which he actually hit with his eyes shut, which is kind of weird. Because he, he just never, you know, you never saw him up. First of all, you never saw him that far off the pitch, and Jack gave him a bollocking after that match. <laughs> for, for me, so high up the pitch. Why are you doing so high up the pitch for a defender? Uh, which is kind of mental when you think about it. Um, so anyway, that there's some of the results, yeah, and they're well documented. And of course, then we had the European Championships of West Germany 1988. Um, let's have a look at the squad. Phenomenal so, squad, isn't it? It is a is phenomenal it, squad. Is this our best tournament squad ever? Oh, hands down. And we're missing those three lads that, that we, uh, you know, yeah, that, that we just spoke about there. So let, let's go through the squad. I'm going to talk about the club and the age that they were at the time. I have that information here in front of me. So 
just we're going to go through numerical order actually i've got this off uh, soccerireland.com and he's gone through the squad number so that's how we're going to do it so number one packy bonner um he was 28 at the time with celtic uh, number two was chris morris uh, he was 24 also a celtic now he would have got into this team because Mark Lawrenson was out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, Mark Lawrenson who won everything at Liverpool, European Cup, leagues, you name it, and was probably one of the best players in England at the time. Who could actually play anywhere in the back eight. That's all across defence and all across midfield, which is mental. But he could play anywhere, and that's why he stayed in the Liverpool team for so long. So he was a huge miss. I'm not trying to disparage um, Chris Morris, Nick, but... We've got to be honest here, you know. We've got to did call you, a spade a spade. Did you ever see Mike Bassett, football manager? I did a very long time ago. And, and, and they go into the, the player simulators and they've got, you know, Maradona and, you know, the, the England, or the, the, he brings the England team in, doesn't he? And they're doing like the, you know, the 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 mazy run in, in Euro 88. And then they Pele and then other players doing the simulator of Pele. And then they have Mark Lawrence and he's. He's doing like keepy uppies with his knees. And... <laughs> Jesus, that I, I don't even remember that. <laughs> oh, must dig it out somewhere. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely. Um, then, of course, number three, Chris Hewton, uh, 29 at Tottenham Hotspur. Number four, Mick McCarthy, wasn't the captain at the time, a Celtic, 29. Kevin Moran, I'm still at Man United, 32 at the time. Uh, he'd obviously start the games with Mick. And yeah, Mick at the back with uh, Chris Hewton and Chris Morris. Then in midfield, you got number six, Ronnie Whelan. 26 for Liverpool, prime Ronnie Whelan. No injuries, prime, playing week in, week out, and winning shit. Yeah, his shins were in very good shape as well, weren't they? His shins were in sparkling form, especially during this uh, tournament. Uh, number seven, Paul McGrath, or Grath, as they would call him, Ron Axon would call him. No, 28 at the time, Manchester United. Now, he was a defender, but actually played as a midfielder. And Ron Axon said of him on the ITV um, commentary, he says that Paul McGrath is the best centre-back in this tournament. And he was his manager, actually, uh, up till, you know, he actually signed him for Man United, I believe. Yeah, and, 80, 86, he would have left. Ferguson yeah, that, in, yeah, that's right. So he knew what Paul McGrath was all about. And would sign him subsequently for um, uh, Aston Villa. Villa no, sorry. Villa, sorry, yeah. sorry, no, sorry, Graham Taylor signed him. I hope Eamon isn't listening. <laughs> Eamon, Eamon from the pod the other night, uh, from the stream the other night. Uh, calling me a knob jockey. Um, sorry, well, Graham Taylor. Not too, not too far wrong, really. No, no, he's not. But, you know, so we, we had to keep these things private. But uh, Paul McGrath was signed uh, then by Graham Taylor, late great Graham Taylor in 89. But uh, Ron Axon absolutely, like, knew what you know he got the best out of Paul McGrath didn't he at Villa in subsequent years um but he would play in midfield in the center of the park with Ronnie uh then number eight you had Ray Houghton who Liverpool 26 John all John Aldridge at Liverpool as well top goal scorer in England for this tournament 30 plus goals um he would he's 30 sorry he's 29 had no goals for, for Ireland but 30 plus uh, for Liverpool, astounding world class striker. Yeah. And in my opinion, the greatest striker to play for Ireland. Just, just put one it of, out there. One of the top scorers in football of all time. Yeah. Yeah. John Aldridge. Imagine yeah. him playing in Mick McCarthy's Ireland. Oh my God. He, he, he was, I, I cannot 
And I'm not just saying this because he's Liverpool, but I cannot understate or overstate, sorry, how good John Norwich was. And he was world class. He was lethal up front. Uh, but he hadn't gone to Real Sociedad yet. That would be the following year. But he was he was Liverpool's top goal scorer. He was phenomenal. A late start, a relatively late starter too. Yeah. Um. Then uh, we have the captain, number ten, Frank Stapleton, Derby County at this time, uh, thirty-two, but still doing the job. And then we had number eleven, uh, Tony Galvin, Sheffield Wednesday, thirty-one. Wasn't at Spurs at this time, but still a quality player. Then he had the subs, number twelve, Tony Cascarino, Millwall, twenty-five. Uh, was a Division One player at the time, I believe. Uh, Liam O'Brien for Manchester United. He was only 23. David wow. Kelly, Walsall, 22, number 14. Kevin Sheedy, Everton, 28, uh, number 15. Quality, world-class player. And then the goalkeeper, number 16, Jerry Payton of Bournemouth. And 32 at the time. Never really got a look in with Packy. Uh, John Byrne, Lee Harve. Another forward, 27. A very good player in his day, actually. Um, you had John Sheridan. Division 2 leads, uh, 23 at the time, but quality player. John Anderson, uh, defender at Newcastle, 28. And then, of course, you had Niall Quinn, number 20, forward Arsenal, 21, only nine caps, and, and a goal under his belt. There was a bit of controversy, though, in the squad. So, obviously, you had Liam Brady out, you had Mark Lawrence out, and you had Jim Beglin out. So, you know, they they read three quality, quality players. Jim Beglin hadn't quite reached the stages of world class at that time, but he was on his way. And, he, you know, he's playing week in, week out for a Liverpool team, for an outrageously good Liverpool team until, you know, that that injury. But there was a bit of controversy, and that was, um, I don't know if you heard about this, but that was Davy Langan. Yeah. But yeah. John Anderson was selected over him. Now, John Anderson was a bit of a favourite of... Uh, of Jack because yeah, there was the Newcastle link and stuff wasn't there there was and Davy Langan had pay, played in a fair few games in I think about five or six of the qualifiers so he, he played an awful lot of Ireland matches but he was just deemed surplus to requirements and hurt feelings really and Jack Jack had a fallout with, with people over that because you know Davy Langan was, was very very popular um, at the time you know like because he was this swashbuckling you probably you never got to see him obviously live, but he was no, just kind no. of all action, you know, rugged um left back, and he was really brave and he was fantastic. And he suffered those injuries. Um, he would play through cortisone uh uh injections and the like, and which actually caused him real uh, proper pain and arthritis and very, very tough. Was he uh, was he with Aldridge and, and Houghton at Oxford? He, he was. He actually got him into the Ireland team. Yeah. Uh, he he brought him over. There was, was some kind of link with them, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he he didn't get in and he was very annoyed about it. even in his book, uh, Running Through Walls, which you should get if you can. Uh it is out there uh, online. He you know, he was very, very bitter about that and he said he should have absolutely got in, but he didn't. So um there you go. Um so that's the squad. Pretty an average age of twenty seven point two years. Yeah, it's mad uh, hearing the ages of them lads. Because I mean, I suppose oh, just I suppose when I started watching football, most of them were retired or they were they were kind of you know they were they were laid on. Like I mean, Hout, Houghton was still playing when I started watching football. Obviously, Niall Quinn as well. But I mean, I just can't imagine them lads being that age. In my head, they're just they've always been old men. <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky bastard. Yeah. Um, a bit like yourself, then. 
a bit like me, yeah. I feel like an old man. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I can remember these guys playing. Right, so let's get to the match itself. 12th of June, 1988. And as luck would have it, Ireland's first game of them in the modern era at a major tournament would be against the old enemy of England. Now, um, and actually two English managers, two Geordies, in fact, Bobby Robson and Jack Charlton, of course. So here's the thing. And the thing that always gets me about this, Nick, is the narrative that we hear about this game, that this big powerhouse of team, the mighty England, who should wipe the floor with little old Ireland, this team of ragamuffins, this dirty dozen, um, that he'd been lashed together by Jack Charlton, our saviour. Uh, basically, you know, we're lucky if we keep it to three now. Yeah. Which for me is absolutely outrageous and not the way, I'm not disparaging Jack Charlton at all, by the way. He, he did a fantastic job and we all love Jack. But let's be honest, this Ireland team, pound for pound, matches this English team. Yeah. Is that me. our best ever lineup? It's not. At a major tournament, it is for me, but it, it, it's it's not our greatest one of all time. My one would be um, Ireland against Scotland. And I'm actually going to get it up here on uh, UR. <laughs> but for me, it'd be Ireland against Scotland. And I'll tell you why. So we'll have a look at this team here first. So in goal, you got Bonner, Morrison, uh, Chris Morris right back. Chris Hewton left back, McCarthy Moran in the centre, Whelan McGrath in the midfield, Houghton on the right, Galvin on, uh, on the left, and you got Aldrich Staten on the front right. That's a pretty good side. But the one in um, Scotland, which is also the same as the one against Bulgaria at home, uh, was Bonner, Lawrenson, McCarthy, uh, Moran, McGrath, Brady, Calvin. Ray Howden, Riley Whelan, John Aldrich, and Frank Stapleton up front. Yeah, yeah, cracking team, cracking team. There, that is that is a hell of a starting line. Yeah. Now, of course, we don't have Lawrence and we don't have Brady, and fortunately, we, we didn't have Jim Beglin at the time um, either. Now, that's not a bad lineup, but a bit unbalanced for me. So the narrative is that basically they we got a goal early, which we, early enough, and then they basically hammered us, and we were lucky to hold on. Yeah. That's not the truth. That is not really what happened there. Helen scored in the sixth there minute. Was, there was there was also was there stuff about Gary Lineker as well having diarrhea and not being well and all this kind of thing and all these excuses kind of coming out after. Um, no, that was Italian ninety. Ah, he had the shits. He actually shot himself on the pitch. Um, he actually did shot himself on the pitch. Um, <clears throat> so you look at the England team. You got Shilton, Stevens, Sansom, Webb, Mark Wright, Adams, Bobby Robson, thirty-one. Uh, sorry, uh, Brian Robson, thirty-one year old. Captain at the time, a main night of Chris Waddle, Bearsley, Lineker, Barnes. And don't get me wrong, you know, especially Barnes, Lineker, Bearsley, Waddle, Robson, quality, and Adams would become absolute quality. Yeah. Aging you know. team, though. And I mean, 30, yeah. th 31 now. I mean, if you think of Robson, all the injury issues he had, I mean, 31 then would have been barely geriatric for him, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, you know when you consider like Brady was done pretty much like 32, wasn't he? Yeah. 33. He looked after himself. Yeah. He, but I have watched this game back and I would, I would implore anybody to try and watch the 90 minutes of this game. We were in control. I remember watching this, um, the highlights, the ITV footage. And Ron Axon, who was on commentary that day with Brian Moore, he, he said it like a half time. Yep, right result. Ireland are, you know, are on top. We were. We could have been 2-0 up. I think Whelan hit the crossbar in the second half. It was only when Glenn Hoddle 
who everybody expected to come in. That's when we struggled. And it, it was him with his balls over the top getting in behind Mick McCarthy because Mick didn't have any pace. No. He, he couldn't stand off. He, he, he had to be basically, he bullied you, he harassed you. He was an old school centre half. And it was only then that we started to struggle. And to be fair, England then, uh, Bonner made a few great saves and Beersley, oh my God, he he had a hell of a miss at the end. And Mark Haitley as well, right of the death, who came on for Beersley. Um, so we were hanging on a bit in the end, but it wasn't like, it wasn't 90 minutes of this. And, oh, we were looking to hold on for 90 minutes. Absolute nonsense. And it, quite frankly, we could have picked a team that could have outplayed England, quite frankly. You could have had a Leary who was sitting at home um, crying, as Amy Dumpy would say, you know, with, with uh, McGrath, centre-back. You know, th- those lads could play the ball out. And, you know, they could probably neutralise Glenn Hoddle. They were playing against him week in, week out. Oh, well, they were when he was playing in Spurs in the 80s, you know. like So they knew what this guy was about. And actually, Ronnie Whelan said that, you know, we held no fear for them. He said it in the Boys of Green documentary. He was right. Yeah. But it's just, it's just no, it's just this narrative like that always does my head. And now when it comes to the bench, just looking there, obviously they, they, had, uh, they had a few better players. Well, Kevin Sheedy uh, for us. But yeah, I, you know, held on at the end, but we, we could have been two or three up before they brought on Glenn Hoddle, quite frankly. That, that's probably a controversial thing. But that's what I'm going to take from it. But of course, what a win though, eh? Uh, England, 1-0. Ray Houghton, um, what was it? Killing M2 said, Shilton, when he kept going on about uh, um, Dagan Maradona, like about the hand, the, the hand of God two years previous. Yeah, and, Jesus, yeah. And he said, uh, Peter Shilton beating two major tournaments in a row, beaten by the two smallest men with a header. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a bitter man, Peter Shilton. Uh, you leave him alone now. I met Peter <laughs> Shilton. It was actually, it was quite nice. It was nice to me. Do you, so, ha- you give him a handshake? I did actually. Yes, yes. Hand I shook of, his hand. Hand of Davy. Hand of Davy. Yep, and I beat him. Jumped over him. <laughs> um. So that day, also um, later on that day on the twelfth, so that was a three thirty kickoff. So at eight fifteen, Holland would play the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union would beat Holland, if you can imagine. Yeah. Which is which is kind of mad, and then in the other group because it was only two groups of four. It was only eight teams that qualified for Europe. Eighty eight. Um, a couple of days previous, you had West Germany and Italy having a one-one draw. Denmark and Spain. Um, Denmark losing three-two to Spain. Um, that was how the first round went. So then the second game was Ireland against the Soviet Union on the fifteenth of June, and of course we had the evening kickoff. Now, this is famous for Ronnie Whelan's absolute incredible shinner. Um, <laughs> In the 38 minute, just before half time, such, such an unusual goal, isn't it? Oh, it is. But what a lot of people talk about is that, and people who've watched this game remember this game, this is probably Ireland's one of Ireland's finest performances at a major tournament. This was a more balanced Ireland team, I would suggest. Mick, uh, Paul McGrath was injured for this, so he missed this one. So Kevin Sheedy comes in and, re- and replaces him, and you have Ronnie Whelan and Kevin Sheedy who ironically played uh, together for Liverpool um, up until 82. And then Sheedy left um, for Pastures New across the road. Went to Everton, yeah. Yep. And those two in the middle of the park absolutely bossed this game. Yeah. And we what could a, have won. What a midfield duel. 
Yeah. That's outrageous. I mean, Gavin Very on balanced left. as well. Yeah, Gavin on left, Ronnie Wayne on defensive midfielder, Sheedy as uh, your ball playing midfielder, and then you have Ray Houghton on the right doing what Ray Houghton does best. This game, man, we were out. Of, we should have been out of sight. We should have won this. We were about, we could have been four up. Uh, Tony Galva got absolutely decapitated by Dassey had the goalkeeper. Yeah. And should have had a penalty. It was so for infuriating. Um, but uh, Protestoff, Sean Butcher, not in the 74 minute equalize. That's actually the match. That's the goal that coined the famous phrase from George Hamilton, you know, the oh, danger here, danger yeah. here. <laughs> and, and he scored. But uh, this is a game we should have won. Um, Ireland were brilliant, absolutely brilliant in this game. And really won that actually, that would have given us four points. Um, and probably would have um put us out of sight actually. Yeah. In in the group, that would have given us four points because the same day England got battered by the Netherlands 3-1. Um Robson, that was actually a great game. The highlights of that. And over in the other group. In the second round in the other group, West Germany beat Denmark 2-0, putting Denmark pretty much out of the competition and Italy uh, beating Spain 1-0. Right, so that takes us to the final round of matches with Ireland on three points, because back then he only got two win- two points for the win and one point for the draw, uh, which is free. First rankers four would have probably seen us through. <laughs> and I know, right? That's, a, that's uh, actually an interesting way of looking at it. Never even thought of that. Yeah, um, well, you would have had Soviet Union on three points, Ireland on three points, and Holland would have been also on uh, two points. Two points, yeah. Yeah, so, so Ireland... So actually, actually wouldn't have made a difference. <laughs> well, no, but that's where... Well, well, you would have had... So if we had beaten Soviet Union, they would have been on two points, we would have been yeah. on four, and Netherlands would have been on two. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll stay, we'll stay positive about it. Yeah, I reckon so. Uh, you know, this is this is one narrative I want to keep going when <laughs> <laughs> it suits me. Um, and of course, England out of the competition on nil pas. Like they're completely gone um, after that 3-1 hammering to England. They didn't even play that bad in that game either, actually. In Dusseldorf, it was cracking. The highlights of it were really good. Um, they actually hit the woodwork about four times, if I remember. Like <laughs> they, they were so unlucky. But Van Basten with a hat trick. I'm devastated, uh, he, I'm devastated for him, Dave, to be honest. Oh, yeah, no, it was absolutely um terrible, terrible stuff. So, <laughs> fu- final game. Um, and you would have both games playing simultaneously. England at home to the Soviet Union. Well, they're not at home, are they? They're in Frankfurt. Um <laughs> fucking hell. At home in Frankfurt. <laughs> At home of Frankfurt. It's very late, um, let's. It's very late. It's very late. And Ireland home to the Netherlands in Gelsenkirchen. Uh, both games playing sim- being playing simultaneously. Easy for me to say at 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, kind of academic for England. They're sort of just, you know, going through emotions. But all to play for for Ireland and a draw, which, so let me get this right. So a draw would see us get four points, keep Netherlands on three points, and the Soviet Union on five points. If we yeah. get a draw, like what was the move coming into that day? Like, the do we fancy our chances? What do we? Where were we? I suppose in terms of mindset. Um, I think the fans thought we'd get a draw, at least. Yeah. Um, but I think the players 
and Ronnie Whelan again touched on this. Um, I think the players knew the game was up because the lads have been out drinking after every game. <laughs> um, they had, like, you know, they, they celebrated. The, yeah, and this is the thing that annoys me a little bit. So after beating England, the lads went out and got absolutely mullered because, you know, wow, we beat England. That's it. Like, you know, that's it. We can go home now. We're heroes. Yeah. When instead of going, oh, hello, what a start. And uh, we got, you know, Soviet Union. We, you know, we're not in the fear there, and we batted them. Couldn't get a result, but they went out again on the last after that. You know, hadn't disgraced, hadn't disgraced themselves, and now they got Netherlands, and they're playing in the searing heat at three thirty in the afternoon in the summertime in uh, Gelsenkirchen. So they weren't in the best of Nick going in, no. And you had, had the Dutch that were going there to win it. They're probably all stoned off their heads, though. Yeah, nice and relaxed. <laughs> So with this game, um, Paul McGrath comes back into it. Because remember, he hit the post, didn't he? Yeah. In this match. So two goals he nearly scored against Holland in a major tournament. Yeah. See, here's the thing, right? I don't get. As good as Sheedy and Whelan were in the game um, against the Soviet Union, he's dropped. And Paul McGrath comes back in. And I, and, I, and I totally understand that. But surely to God, you could put Paul McGrath in the fence. Yeah. Why do you kill momentum? Who yeah. comes out, though? Morn? Um, well, I would have Mick out, but he's never going to, you know, he 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 encompassed the... the uh, mini, mini Jack, really, isn't he? He was a mini Jack, wasn't he, on the pitch? But um, Sheedy would come on. Eventually to Chris Morris, which I'd imagine will put Paul McGrath back at right back. Um, who Paul could play anywhere in the back four and actually back eight, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's just just crazy stuff. Um, but we ran out of steam in this one. And what always kills me, absolutely always kills me, is that on the 82nd minute. Eight minutes away from normal time. Eight minutes from a semi-final place. We go out to an offside when Keith go. Yeah. And Jack actually, um, Jack talks about it on the bit. There's a Euro 88 video, which I have. And he's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, I know we're offside. I was like, well, <laughs> kind of have to Jack. And also, Packy Bonner had a back injury as well. Like, if you if you ever see it, it's just the ball goes in, it bounces off the ground. Wim Keith heads it. It's a wicked deflection. Bonner is poor for it. To be fair, it's like the, it's like the it's like USA ninety four, isn't it? Just fluky goals against the Dutch. <sighs> and and Paul McGrath nearly scoring. <laughs> and Paul McGrath nearly scoring. Um, it was that was a hard one to take, man. We were eight yeah. minutes away from the semi final. Was there was um, there a little was there a little element of um UEFA narrative there? Do you think? I nah, don't don't think back. No, nah, I don't think they'd be giving them too much credit. If I'm honest. <laughs> um, we would have played West Germany. Yeah, in the knockout stages, because yeah, first would play second in each group. So the way it stands, you have in our group Soviet Union finish it. First place with five points. Netherlands, four uh, points. Second place, Ireland, third point. Uh, three, third with three points. And England, of course, go home with fuck all. Um, in the other group, you would have had West Germany beat Spain 2-0. Uh, 
So they win the group on five points. Uh, Italy beat Denmark, who will finish second on five, joint top, but because of a spirit goal difference, West Germany will go into the next into semis as group winners. Uh, Spain go out on two points, which is man, and Denmark go home and nothing, which is actually a bit mad from Denmark because they did they had a cracking team back then. They did so well yeah. at Mexico 86. Well, they, yeah, won the, we, they won the next one. That's right. Yeah, and they weren't even in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is kind of mad when you think about Euro 92 because they won the next one. Ireland didn't even qualify, didn't even lose a game in, in, in the Euro 92 um, qualifiers. But went out because of um, poor finishing and actually scored more the most goals yeah. in the qualifiers. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, incredible stuff, man. West Germany in the next round. That Ireland team, yeah, it, you could, you, you know, I'm not saying it was a shoe in, but absolutely, like nothing to fear. Uh, we're like not, the, we're not, we're not going to see the like of that squad again, are we? No, that Ireland team had nothing to fear with any of those eight sides, any of those, sorry, other seven sides, you know, like that, you know, Italy or West Germany really, really, really could have done it. I mean, we played West Germany the following year and got a one one draw with them, you know, as well. The infamous one where Lee Brady was hooked off. <laughs> but um, it's actually funny if you watch Jack, uh, the Charlton years, or uh, sorry, Jack Charlton, the Irish years, um, they actually mentioned that the FAI were relieved. Because yep. if he hadn't got to the semi-finals, they had no money. They, yeah, they couldn't have afforded it, yeah. <laughs> couldn't make it up, could you? You really couldn't. I mean... John, John Delaney's dad was probably buying pints for himself or something like that in the, yeah. In the bar. Yeah. I'm sure Martin was there. Joe, Joe yeah. Delaney. <laughs> Martin was probably there, yeah. Flogging tickets somewhere out yeah, of a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the story, anyway. The Irish team came home the next day to a massive hero's welcome. And Jack even said it himself, didn't he? He said... God, you know, I should have think what would happen if we actually won the bloody thing. Yeah. You know, he didn't like, like it though. He didn't like the whole homecoming, didn't he? No. He say he was polite about it. He said it was nice, but it was a little strange. You know, he was a yeah. you know, he was the man who'd won the uh, World Cup in England, um, you know, what, twenty two years previous. So, yeah. you know, he's probably saying, Oh, that's a bit strange, but you know, we never qualified for anything really, you know, the modern era and actually going away on a tournament to it, you know, going away to a tournament. I think it was the cultural impact though as well. Just want to talk about that. Uh we are away to aid. I think, you know, people always say that, you know, U2. Some people say U2 kicked off the uh, the Celtic Tiger. Some people say Jack kicked off uh, the Celtic Tiger. I think there's a few things, but what you have to remember with Euro 88, this would have um, introduced the Irish for a prolonged period of time to a lot of different cultures. Yeah. You know, going to a tournament and, and not just going to West Germany, but also because they would have had to go to other countries to get to West Germany because travel was mental, you know, and it was a different era back then. So they, you know, they would have, it would have introduced the Irish to a lot of Europeans and to a wider audience you know it's like oh we have a stereotypical view that these guys are alcoholics but turns out they're extreme alcoholics yeah <laughs> but they're ha- but unlike the english they're happy they're drunk, very happy, happy and very friendly and you know and i was noticing as well you know the english fans were going around causing murder yeah, yeah. you know the club fans you had heisel to a band at this stage and you know yeah. 80s was a dark time for them it was, but then you know, they see the Irish fans and think, Oh, god, you know, uh, you know, they're just English, and then actually, go, Oh, no, they're not, they're completely different, they're actually happy, they're, they're nothing at the time, they're, they're poor, but they're a happy bunch, you know, they're, they're happy, poor people. 
Um, but anyway, that that was your way. That that's an abridged sort of um yeah. look at that. We will. I think we're going to have to revisit. Oh, we will be. We'll we'll be doing a full series on on all of the tournaments. But this is just our little. Um, I suppose this is our, our quick flyover. Yeah. As I said, Dave, this is like a bedtime story for me because I was this... I was minus three. You were minus three. Martin was minus thirty. Um, we haven't we haven't got him on this. Uh... I thought was he was Martin Irish at this stage, or was he still English? Um, I don't think he had discovered his diaspora just yet. <laughs> I I think that was Italian ninety, wasn't it? That's why he discovered he realised was Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, look, we look. Know... you miss you miss the pot at your peril. That's it. If you don't, you're not on the pod, you get the piss taken out, and that's the rule. But anyway, we're gonna leave it there. Um, thank you for listening. If you want to, if you're not already on the website and you want to catch all of our other episodes on this series, go on to the Green Machine Podcast.com. The Green Machine Podcast.com gives a cheeky little follow over on Facebook forward slash GM podcast. We're on Twitter. Um, also give us a cheeky little follow over Lansonroad.ie as well. We've got loads of stuff, loads of content for you there. Um. Yeah, and on to the next one. We're not sure what we're going to do for the next one. I think the next one is the US Cups. We're doing the US Cups now. Right? Oh, wow. we, we most certainly are. But but we're taking a little, a little break for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're, we're going to be a couple of weeks off this one. Yeah. Um, just, just for anyone listening, we've recorded the last few at like crazy hours. I mean, at the moment, it's it's 1 a.m. <laughs> That's why we seem so tired. <laughs> and and I've just finished. Uh, I was in work at 9 a.m. this morning and I came straight home and into this. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is your work, David. This is all that matters. I wish it was. Because then I wouldn't have to work fucking 9 a.m. till midnight, would I? <laughs> no, I'd, I'd have you doing something. Trust me. I'm living a, thank you, Tory party. I am living the dream over here. <laughs> Absolute dream over here in London. But anyway, folks, thank you for listening. Uh, we love your support. Uh, give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a hate. I don't care. Just just get the word out there. Get people involved in the Green Machine podcast. Give us a shelf some stickers if you want. We've got them for you, folks. Anyway, uh, we're going to leave you to it. Safe home. Good night. God bless. And any other Irish euphemism I can think of. Irish.